Today's episode is sponsored by Game of Owns. That's right. Head on over to gameofowns.com slash shirts or t-shirts because Hannah said it in our last. Well, you'll find out later at two different places at shirts. Whoops, drop something. That's gameofowns.com slash shirts or gameofowns.com slash t-shirts. Right, Hannah? That's right. The fun doesn't stop there. We have two new designs, man. You should tell them all about it. We have two. I'm genuinely excited about both of these designs. One of them says 2K19, so we can all get prepped and hyped and ready for the final season. And then the second one is a drawing that our friend Riley did of dire wolves and dragons and Game of Bones in the middle. So both of them are really awesome. Both of them are shirts that I can and will wear from now until She's the end wear of them the next season. Both during New Year's, especially 2K19. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect As the ball desire. drops, it's going to be perfect. So head over and check it out because they're really, really cool. We're really excited about them. Also, this episode was really fun. Yeah. Dolly. I forbid you to die. Does it have a cadence thing on it? Is yeah, that the what that metronome was? started. It's not it. like a piano, like piano lessons. I uh, got like a harmonica, and pulled, Did you really? Yeah, I pulled out a harmonica book, and so I saw I saw all the old songs in there from like when I was trying to learn guitar. Oh like, really? Yeah, that's kind of fun. It was kind of fun, but I forgot about those. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, or like, like my old piano books, like those songs, songs that are like, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about those songs. That's awesome. You learn how to play the Game of Thrones theme on harmonica yet? That would be. <laughs> I, you have to be really good at breathing. I think. <laughs> that would be really funny. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I think you were just about to do. To do the clock, we don't have go, to do the clock anymore. Clap. We don't have the clocks; so we're both on the same thing. We're okay. in the same room recording the podcast, so if it sounds different, if you can't hear the familiar sounds of Skype connecting in the background, have we ever done a chapter episode in person before? I don't think we have because we've done a lot of like during the season or rewatch episodes, but I don't know if we've done a chapter episode in person before. Here we go. Here we go. We're also doing only one chapter on this episode today. We decided about. 45 minutes ago. Yeah, so much drama. So much drama, but... <laughs> There's this, not any drama. Mostly in the... This chapter is... I mean... We, I, I don't know what kind of preamble if we need to talk about really anything else right at the top of the podcast. This chapter was... It's one of the best really in the series. Really good. Yeah. Really That's good. That's the drama. The drama is that we only want to talk about this chapter because I feel like we are at the last... Brian official chapter mm-hmm. that we have in A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. We have Lady Stoneheart. We have Thoris. Thoris. Thoros. <laughs> Gangs all here. And so I just feel like there's a ton left up for interpretation and a ton of theories. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really good chapter. And so let's just focus this episode on this and talking about Brienne and not waste any time with Cersei, even though Lady Stoneheart is confirmed for season eight. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we keep trying to start that rumor. That was in the trailer, right? The last trailer, there was like a, a flash in the mm-hmm. background of a symbol that leads to. We well, can see some of the ice is like a little bit grayer than mm. the rest of the ice, and if you zoom in, 
That's the shade of her skin. It's yeah. modeled mm-hmm. and it's gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you zoom in a lot, you'll be able to see it. I feel it. like some of those theories could have been better just now. <laughs> <laughs> so Lady Stoneheart, she is the reanimated Catelyn Stark with red eyes instead of blue eyes. That's the one note that I took for this chapter. Mm-hmm. When Hannah came and sat down, we're recording at my desk and it's a bit, it's different. She sat down and my notes for the podcast were open on my computer screen. And I felt really self-conscious because she opened this Google Doc, which I find it weird that you're still using Google Docs on your computer at home. We have had this conversation (laughs) a million times. I I love Google Docs for this You love it so much, but you're writing in your web browser. It's so confusing to me. That's the point of Google Docs, I thought. it's Yeah, you're right. (laughs) So her notes are so much better than mine. They're color-coordinated. You have... You you flawlessly pull off making it seem like you're not setting up a question to me mm-hmm. when we record. I never think that. I'm always like, you know, Hannah really is in the moment and listening to what I say. I should try to be a better listener like Hannah. But you have questions in here in blue. You like and they, they look pretty natural. Yeah, so just look behind the scenes in all of my notes, I take notes on the chapter. I write questions that I want to ask you in blue, and I write my own thoughts that are not specifically from the chapter in red. Do you write the notes down, like the feelings down when you're reading it and it like leads to a, like a yeah. jumps to a parallel thought? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. Honestly, I don't have as many questions on here. I have more questions on here now than I almost ever do just because I feel like we, or I guess this is kind of the way it's been over the last couple episodes because we are talking about the last Brienne chapter. I think there's so much left open to interpretation about what Brienne is going to do Lady Stoneheart, Thoros, the Brotherhood, I think that it just lends itself to a lot of interesting discussion and things that we don't really know the answer to. So that's why there's a lot of blue questions here. Right on. <laughs> well, how much did you like the chapter? If I you could love- rank it just like hmm, against the other ones. It's a really, really, really good chapter. It's the best Brienne chapter for sure. Oh, I thought it was so flawless in like a new, yeah. a new way. Mm-hmm. Like he wrote this like it was so simple what happened. It was like watching, I think I mentioned, you know, I just watched The Revenant. And to me, it's just a great execution of a really simple idea. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It, it reminds me of that. It's not the same art form, but if George is like a director and a, a and a cinematographer and everything all at once here, he is crafting a scene in a sequence of events that is so simple. Mm-hmm. They're just in some trees. Yeah. They're just on a horse. They're just in a cave. Mm-hmm. It's just Thoros talking to Brienne. But oh my God, mm-hmm. it's like the greatest, it's like the greatest, most, it's like you reached the answer to all of these medieval movies, all these scenes, basically like the, the flavor of the time that we're all trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Like we like the grit. We like the atmosphere. We love it so much. He got, he like gets to it. Mm-hmm. He gets to the heart of it, man. Yeah. So good. It's so good. And I think that it's set up really well because for those of you who aren't following along or who don't remember that at the last Brian chapter, we just assumed that she was dead. That was the assumption is that, she it had met feels her like she's end. dead here at the end, big time. And that's what's really cool is that through especially the first half of this chapter, she's just like hallucinating the whole time. In and out of it, there's characters that we see that we're not sure if they're there or not. People like Renly um, that she's thinking about. People like, who else was she there? She's thinking of Catelyn Stark in her true form. She's thinking of Jamie, And so it's, it's kind of neat to be thrust into this like already very moody and atmospheric character chapter 
by not even necessarily knowing what is real and what isn't. And look, obviously, like, we know that Renly isn't there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just felt like it was it was just written really well where the stream of conscious continued to flow, but it was just like a roller coaster of in and out of her consciousness as she's being taken. So I thought that that just made set up the moodiness of the chapter. It's such an interesting. Oh yeah. And every, it wasn't just there to make me feel moody. He would set up something and it was like a reflection that Mm -hmm. involved a couple people. And that would give you a realization that like, this whole book has been building to right. It like would close off and end and like, and this is why you feel this way and you'll feel this way always because mm-hmm. this is what you are. Brianne deal with it. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, there's so many things we can't run from. I know. I know. And it's just, especially when you're uh, in that, like, you know how when something really bad happens and you you have to deal with it, there's yeah. like this dark, uh, just like gr- gripping of, of your, of your guts. You're just like, well, this is how it is. And and now I'm going to move through it. And this is what it looks like moving through it. At some point in this chapter, we and her realize that that is what's happening here. And the bad thing is that you're dying pretty soon at the end, like yeah. pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And so all it's like, it's like a race for her consciousness to scramble and make sense of everything. Right. And uh, she falls. I mean, you were talking about the word that she screamed in uh, before we started recording and uh, Bernard Martin discussing it uh, previously at an event. You want to talk about that now? Yeah. Well, I also want to tack on one other thing that okay. you're saying is that yeah. not only is she dying, but she's dying like at the hands of somebody who she's been serving this whole oh, time. Oh, geez. Yeah. Not, yeah. Somebody who she's actively and, like and, thinking. And now. she's a good guy too. Yeah. It, there's so many things that make it more complicated, but like, so but at the same time, it's just like, I'm just like floored at just death and, and being so close and like, there it is. And it's like, Oh, good God. I know. Um, okay, so we can talk about what he says at the end. So if you're not interested in finding out what he says at the end, like if that's something that you don't want to what know. What George says or what Brian says. What George says. So George tells us what Brian says. Okay. It was a couple years ago. I don't remember the exact time and place. You can find it very easily. Somebody asked him a question um, at some event, and he had people yell out what they thought the answers were. Oh, wow. And so, like, what do we think the answers are going to be? Like, Jamie sapphires whatever um but what it was or what it is and what she says is sword so she in the lead up to that point she is given a choice either she can pledge her sword to cat to undead to dead whatever lady stoneheart whatever we're calling her she can pledge her short sword (laughs) or she can die and so the idea here that George is saying is that she picks sword and that she then is going to go off and kill Jamie because that's kind of Lady Stoneheart's whole MO here is that the last thing she heard was what was exactly what she, what she heard. Um, Jamie Lannister sends his regards. Mm-hmm. So that's like her, you know, we've since then, we as the reader have been on such an insane journey with Jamie. Like we've been through the ringer with him. Mm-hmm. He's already on his redemptive arc. Mm-hmm. Like we're so far past the man that he was then, mm-hmm. but somebody like Lady Stoneheart, Catelyn is still stuck on this idea. And so for good reason. Um, and so she wants, Jamie eliminated. And so I think that 
what, something I'm really looking forward to and something that I just think is so fascinating is how much we talk about like Jamie and Brian are in love with each other, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Um, either romantically or they care about each other a lot. But it if it comes to like them being pitted against each other almost, like Brian is choosing to get Jamie for Lady Stoneheart. So um, then we see in that chapter in, in Dance where she goes to Jamie, tells him, come with me. I've got Sansa. You have to come. And he's off with her. It's just so. like, holy, it's like, and that's such a great part of this chapter is just seeing how everyone with all their bright ideas, it's just like, death is coming. Uh, and also nothing is fair like you thought it was going to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. And so now what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now what? What are you? What did you think about that speech that Thoros kind of gives her? He essentially so he said the right stuff, mm-hmm. the the stuff that she needed to hear. Because I mean, didn't you think? And I don't know if you can time travel back to the moment you're reading this chapter for the first time, but think about maybe maybe you thought this is where Brienne shows us like she like shows us where she shares similar traits with someone like a Ned Stark and yeah. will continue through this mm-hmm. because she believes so strongly that she has been someone who fulfills her oaths and has not right. broken her oaths right. and that I'm here. Mm-hmm. I, I did everything and you're literally the one who asked me. I know this is all messed up, but I'm being misunderstood. That's the problem. You don't understand well. And while that m- might be true, I mean, obviously that doesn't matter, but um, I lost my train of thought, but somewhere in there, some somewhere in there, something made sense. Well, so that's kind of the question that I walked away with kind of thinking about a lot, which is Brienne true to her oath. If she is like so deep in with Jamie, you know, she has his sword. Yeah. She's on his doing. She's yeah. yelling. She's screaming his name. Like anybody else walking into that situation looks at her and goes, well, there's obviously something else going on. Sure. Like, regardless of the nuance. And so, you know, has she broken her oath? I don't know. It's tough you know? because there's the question of what Jamie Lannister is, but what he is right now in our reading order is an agent for the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Right. We know that he doesn't want to hurt the Blackfish, and you know we don't. He doesn't want to hurt the Tullys, but he's still pushing the Lannister agenda forward for someone that he also is respecting less and less as time goes on, which mm-hmm. is. Like, how much do we care about intention? We were just talking about on Rewatch, which is, I, I just cut that today. Yeah. Uh, the Stannis stuff. Mm-hmm. And you you were talking about how I know that we, we had just, he just burned Shireen yeah. the last episode. <laughs> like, I love But Stannis. it was like, he did, he did something in this episode. There was like a glimmer of something that mm-hmm. like almost was able to erase everything. Like, what is it about seeing that sort of raw character being exposed that just endears us so much? Right. And sort of equalizes at least our feelings enough where we understand that while these other bad things are true, there's still there's still our feelings mm-hmm. to put in the mix. That's yeah. that's cool. It's like it, it gives it gives me a lot of hope for the world and for the world that they love, live in. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's while things are so black and white, they're also not so black and white. Right. But they are so black and white when you're at the end of a rope. So are when they choose, black and white at the right, same time? When you choose between like death or sword you know then that that's a very black and white choice but i just think that 
we look at Lady Stoneheart as a character, and I think that there's a lot of theorizing about what Lady Stoneheart will do in Winds of Winter and kind of these ideas of another, a second red wedding or this like death focus of not being anything but black and white. And, you know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with like her as just this like vengeful character 247 out there just like trying to kill everybody. But I think that the character that she becomes, like the role that she takes in Winds of Winter is going to continue to add nuance to something that right here is pretty straightforward, you know? So I'm kind of excited to see how that progresses and how that I'm way excited with. for the record. Super yeah. excited. Yeah. I think that uh, connecting it back, uh, I guess you don't have to connect it back to anything. I just, I think that Lady Stoneheart and uh, what George is doing with this chapter and what he's doing with this area and these characters and what he's been doing uh, as he's been setting it up for a long time, the conclusion. I was thinking about how Lim Lemoncloak came across in this chapter, and it's just been a, a sad story for those guys. Mm-hmm. When we first met him with Arya, how different everyone felt and the songs they sang and and the the interesting characters, the, the personalities and the, the fun it seemed like they were having, like Thoro says, when they were all heroes and knights. Yeah. Banding about the forest when they were kings and men, they had something yeah. to fight for. And I'm like, oh, this is also relatable yeah. in like so many ways. <laughs> like it's so, it's so interesting how the, the lives of these, these forest people uh, can reflect the, the lives of uh, not only people across this story, but people in real life. Right. And right. they're so broken by time and they're so broken. But like he's such a bad guy now, Lim, Lim and Cloak. Holy yes, crap. he is. I mean, Holy you look crap. at, you forget that he's he's got that, whatever, I'm making the, the, <laughs> the, the helm. helm. Yeah. yeah. He's what got a, the hound's helm on. If that's not representative of, of what the Brotherhood Without Banners has become. I know. I know. It's so funny. Before we sat down to record, we were like, okay, so what part was Brienne hallucinating about the hound? What part was us hearing about the hound yeah. for real mm-hmm. from Thoros? And what part is Lem... With the hound's helm on, like Sandler Clegane is so infamous at this point. <laughs> it's just, it's just like everyone disliked him, and he's, it's like I am become a name. Yeah, <laughs> he's like everywhere and nowhere it's at the so same cool. time. So yeah, I think that. Go on. Oh, I was just gonna say that this broader conversation that we've had as we've been reading through Feast for Crows, mm-hmm. like this is the most the Brotherhood and where they are right now is kind of like the most picturesque, quote unquote view of this is what life is like for everybody who isn't Cersei and Jamie and oh, so Arya, you know? So it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy when you really think about it. Man's crazy. And they that their food is dwindling, but at least they still have food. I think it's so interesting how they still have like a, some kind of grace of hospitality there still after all this time. It's like good organization. Even so, even with all of that being said, um, look at what it's, look at what it's turned to. I think it's really cool to see where, what it's turned to. And, and like you said, I'm really interest, interested to see where it goes. But I'm most interested to see how George R. R. Martin shows us the way. Because like, yeah. like I think he showed us the way in this chapter of how to make this a really cool example. Like, it, man, like he is good. Mm-hmm. These these writers and these uh, film directors and, and script writers that um, really understand where to take us. Like they're getting closer and closer to the point. And I don't really know what the point is, right. but once I read The Winds of Winter, I think I'll feel like I'm closer to the point. Right. And I think that Lady Stoneheart is like, 
part of that epic staging of like, hey, I'm going to show you the way it looks like this. It looks like Catelyn Stark returning in a crazy way. I think that she's got way more. I know that we're not supposed to think of her as Catelyn Stark in any way, which is, it's really difficult. I'm sorry. It's really difficult to. Well, especially in this chapter when that's how Brienne recognizes her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think of it now on a reread and I don't, I don't think of Lady Stoneheart as someone in the room that that's, waiting to shudder out a few words mm-hmm. i'm thinking of 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 the most extreme version of what we've been talking about of yeah. having like she did everything she took john in and that's i don't know why that came to mind first but she did everything she thought in her life as a as a tully she did everything she thought she had to do mm-hmm. and then at the end of it in front of walder Frey, you're gonna that's how it's gonna happen yeah she did everything yeah so of course, she's the representative of that of that moment, of that fall, of that turn of, of what Brienne is doing with the sword potentially. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to I don't I forgot where I was going, but basically I'm I'm trying to say where where does that go and how yeah. do they she's 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 something. She's right. she's not a white, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she's of the same ilk of of that magic being represented in this world you know she's of that same sort of dna but i don't know if they're opposing for forces it's like how the valyrian still and the obsidian reacts against the white walkers that's sort of like an opposing force i i think it's really interesting that it's noted that she has red eyes mm-hmm. and obviously it's it's the common trait of not only my dog but <laughs> white walkers <Yeah>. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the whites <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. so, so it's like if that if that magic exists, right, um, then that magic does too, and we can do this, right? Like hands. where is she? I know <laughs> where is she drawing like her energy from? I guess, or right. so to speak, right? Like, I guess that would be the better way to describe it. I'm yeah. I'm just trying to do the video game version where I don't really know how it works. I yeah. just go, where does that like? <laughs> they're that side. They're that side. You're saying right. like what powers her? Right. Exactly. Right. Like, is it this white? white walker magic is it like some divine type of thing you know i we don't really know i don't even know what that means at this point i don't think so either but we see it in somebody like barrack who uh, did barrack give up his life i guess we're supposed we're led to believe that he gave lady stoneheart life and it's why he's no longer here or was able to be resurrected you know i think that that's like a little bit unclear. What a picture! Him um, kneeling down, climbing on top of her, kissing life into, into I her know, body. I know, which is like another. And he was tangent he, that we could go down of like why her then there for what purpose sure. was there a purpose? I don't know. Sure. We know that she will like her storyline is so tied with Arya and how you know Arya pulled her out. Arya basically did this right. and pulled her out. So right. all these ideas like she's going to be very much tied to Arya and Arya's like quote unquote revenge plot. Um. It ha- has to be, right? I think so. Everything in this world, I think George is trying to make a world that like revolves. Um, it's like all the it's like all the nature is fluctuating within each other. So it's like one thing has to cause the other, and they all have to like yeah cancel each other out or something. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. they have to. It seems like they're musically well. It all has to come back to the same place. Like it all has to tie at the very end of whatever we end on. Um, it has to tie together in some way. It has to all make some cohesive, comprehensive sense. What were you going to say before? I was going to say if 
you mentioned John briefly, but mm-hmm. looking at Lady Stoneheart, not knowing what kind of power she does or doesn't have, where that does or doesn't come from. You're saying from. she's going to like hate Jon Snow? No, does she bring Jon back to life? Oh my I think that God. that's like a theory that some people talk about. And, you know, I don't know the answer, obviously, but I think that it makes this very interesting conversation. Is she going to be the one in some way that kind of helps bring John back to who he is? I wonder if it would take her form. It would take like the, what life she has left. Right. Wow. Especially, I think we talked about that before. I think we have. Yeah. And especially given like her relationship with John and right. how complex and complicated that is. Mm-hmm. So I just think that that's an interesting – She, I think we know that she's going to have a large role in Woods of Winter. And it's very obviously being set up that way. And so I'm excited to see so how cool. that is explored in a much broader, less black and white way. Because I, I don't think it's going to be like one track mind, kill all the phrase. But I think that it's going to be – much more interesting and nuanced and I'm really looking Definitely. forward to it. I just oh, like for sure. I forgot this sounds so stupid, I forgot about it. You know what I mean? And I read this chapter Season and I was two. like, Well, cause you know, a lot of our conversation that we've been having about Lady Stoneheart since this was introduced in two thousand five, that was like a million years ago. Yeah has been about the show and yeah. oh is lady stoneheart going to come on to the show right. like that's like the j- running joke in a song of ice and fire mm-hmm. and so you like look at it at a very basic like level. it's gone like it's not still coming yeah. back um, i don't no. know <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's what i've been doing no but so you know i think we think about it like on a very surface level it's being cut out of the show whatever but mm-hmm. like to be able to sit here and read the chapter it sounds so cliche but i'm really much looking forward to like what that role is going to look like so man I don't have any answers, but there's a lot of probabilities. So, Lady Stoneheart, everybody. I mean, crap. She's just in that room or in that, you know, that same place where Beric fought Sandor Clegane. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was just listening silently while everyone said their shit. And she's with her hands hands over her neck. And she was considering what everyone said. So curious as to how the the beginning of how she sort of fell in order, how they found some kind of a governing body, like how they, you know, they brought her back to life. And then what? Now she's just kind of our leader. How did she become in charge? Yeah. <laughs> how did she become in charge? That's a better way to say it. And like, how does everyone, like Barrick mentions, the brotherhood is different now. It's not even the brotherhood at all, he says. Thoros. Oh, sorry. Thoros. That is a uh, a big change, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not what it used to be before. Mm-hmm. She could have just been a member of their party. Mm-hmm. How did she communicate to them this goal and how mm-hmm. did they start? Or was that goal something that was decided, like, before they even brought her back to life, you know? Because if, you know, I, they came across her after she'd been gone for quite some time. What is it, three days? And so... She was very much dead. And so, I don't know. I, do you think that there was like some pre premeditated idea of what kind of role she could play? Or was it this like, let's just see what happens kind of thing? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Jeez, that's dark. You know, but I wouldn't put it past people. Well, also the brotherhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of all people to like. Yeah, just so. but just people in general, isn't isn't that the point of all this? Isn't that the point, like with Brienne, <sighs> even Brienne? That is the point with Brienne, and that's like the huge lesson that we have to learn. Um, it's like we were talking about: you can do everything right, 
you can keep your word, you can protect everybody. I mean, so even like at the beginning of this chapter, we hang out with Jane Heddle. Is that how mm. you say your last name? Yeah. And I, ha- if you remember, Brienne saved her sister from being raped um, mm-hmm. when they were at the innkeep, the inn at the crossroads earlier. Mm-hmm. And so even somebody like Brienne, who saved this girl's sister, who did all these perfectly like nightly things, is getting to the end of it and is not failing necessarily because I don't want to say that, but um, I don't know. I just like that that interaction is also that's like the beginning of the chapter, and then Jim Brian is set up to be in front of the person that she's supposedly yeah. been work actively working for, and for yeah. them to say you're doing a bad right. job. And she and she helped heal Brian. It was like. I'm not without kindness. Yeah. That's not what the point is. The point is, this is what's happening. The point is, this is what's happening. And this is how things are. And this my is, hands are tied. My hands are tied. <laughs> this is what's happening to you. Like, maybe I could stand up and stomp my feet, but no one is. So that's just how it's gonna be. I know that you arrived at the inn and Gendry and everyone. And we were scared. There. And we were like, oh, God, is it going to be what she's scared that's going to be it turns out that it's not and we had a bad impression they had a bad impression of brianna at first and then she showed them and then she saved them and she went through all of that do you remember the description of the fight that was that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. that was really cool Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like continued almost in theme exactly maybe he wrote it at the same time Today's episode is sponsored by Lisa. A quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevent burnout, make better decisions, improve your memory, and overall make fewer mistakes. It's not marketing, it's science. To design a better mattress to give you a quality night's sleep, Lisa leveraged 30 plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of scientific testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's rest for every body. Every body. Through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's more than 31,000 mattresses and counting. Lisa strives to leave the world better than they found it, but that doesn't stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell. Give yourself the gift of a better night's rest this holiday. Get $160 off a Lisa mattress at leesa.com slash owns and use promo code owns at checkout. That's leesa.com slash O-W-N-S, promo code owns. Each chapter, I mean, at the beginning of this chapter, how it kind of like went into it and she was in that fevered state and she was Mm -hmm. thrown over the horse. It seems like she died in this chapter. You know, that that would be it's like he wrote that ending. It's such a good it's such a good uh, sort of twist of words. And not only her, but Pod. Oh, God. It's Podrick and Heil and Hunt. Heil Hunt. It's so sad. I know. And Heil Hunt at the end turns out to be like what he what he says to her. He says. This was before he this is before the, the very end, before he starts shouting. Heil Hunt had been beaten so badly that his face was swollen almost beyond recognition. He stumbled as they shoved him and almost fell. Podrick caught him by the arm. Sir, the boy said miserably. We'll just read this whole part. When he saw Brienne, my lady, I mean, sorry. And then Brienne 
says. She tries to say everything. She tries to communicate all that shit I was giving you before. Please, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter yeah. at all. And I really hope this goes well. Mm-hmm. really hope this goes well. You have nothing to be sorry for. Brianne turned to Lady Stoneheart. Whatever treachery you think I may have done, my Lady Podrick and Sir Hyle were no part of it. Their lion said the one-eyed man. That's enough. I say they hang. Tarly's hanged a score of ours past time we strung up some heads. Sir Hyle gave Brienne a faint smile. My lady, he said, you should have wed me when I made my offer. <laughs> now funny. I fear you're doomed to die a maid and me a poor man. So funny. <laughs> I love that that's what he says at the end. And those two things, they're just like, you're born to die a maid. It's like deep. And yeah. me a poor man, mm-hmm. deep. Mm-hmm. deep mm-hmm. it's like you know just something i like what did i want to get done it's like when you're struggling it's not like the stannis chapter or like, you, you always call it the stannis chapter the one we did in the last yeah. episode yeah asha it's not like asha the chapter where you went and you sat down slowly mm-hmm. and you just let it fade away and you thought about like that that's a different way to think about things as you're going yeah you know yeah it's a different way yeah. to die this is like you feel good and you don't, maybe you're in pain, but you don't want to die. And you have a lot of stuff, un- unfinished business. You have a lot of unfinished business. Yeah. Like you feel that tie in a way that maybe other people don't. And then it just makes you think about sword. Makes me think about her, her saying that word and what she chose. The end of this is so, so, I mean, we very much think she's dead. You want to read it? Yeah. I just want to read the very end. The very, I know you just read a bunch, but I want to read some now, too. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the very last paragraph says, Brienne felt the hemp constricting, digging into her skin, jerking her chin upward. Sir Hyle was cursing them eloquently, but not the boy. Podrick never lifted his eyes, nor not even when his feet were jerked off the ground. If this is another dream, it's time for me to awaken. If this is real, it's time for me to die. All she could see was Podrick, the noose around his thin neck, his legs twitching, her mouth opened. Pod was kicking, choking, dying. Brienne sucked the air in desperately, even as the rope was strangling her. Nothing had ever hurt so much. She screamed a word. You know, looking at Podrick and Sir Hyle Hunt and her gang, I think that she decided that she didn't want to leave them hanging <laughs> literally uh, you know, i mean i think that she, you know she realized that in that moment she could make the difference and save him but she would just then have to pledge her life so that's a tough choice for her to have to make you think that's why she did it yeah i do man i don't think brian's afraid to die that's a good that's a better reason than than your the than whatever than the Ned reason. Yeah. Yeah, I don't That's think a she's, better reason. I don't think she's afraid to die or like she has any sort of even like this whole unfinished business or like whatever. I think that she looks at Podrick kicking, choking, and dying and says, We have to we have to get out of here. I don't know. So lots of questions. <laughs> Man. There's so many quotable passages of this chapter so many i took so many i i highlighted so many different passages we could just oh my gosh go another through. thing i'm just going through my notes did you catch lady stoneheart with the crown in her hand yeah i did and uh went to find out exactly everything that i could about it's it. robs yeah. right yeah 
I don't know the answer to this, but how the heck she got it. I think it's one of those things that we don't necessarily understand. We last saw it in that Jamie chapter when he was going through the camp and he was like, give it to me. Yeah. And now she's twiddling in her hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally twiddling it. Literally twiddling it. What a great word choice. I was like, so that's what she's doing, huh? (laughs) (laughs) He could have said fingering the crown. That would have also, you know, like she's like feeling on it. But that would have been something that he would have also said. That's like a different kind of fantasy novel, though. Yeah. <laughs> that is a a better reason. And she's doing that. I wonder how she feels about it. She probably is going to feel the same way that everyone in the Brotherhood is sort of now feeling. Yeah. So but for how long and why? And I is it helping? Well, and is she going to go through? Like, does she? Is she the one who goes through through with it and does Jamie in? You know, like at what point? That has to fall one way or the other, right? Well, at this point, you know, it goes back to other conversations that we've all been having and uh, the ones that we've been reading about online, the ones that we've been having with ourselves at night, whether in a, a dream or right before you go to sleep. What will it all mean? We know what she did. <laughs> it's like, not only what does it mean, but what will this all mean? Yeah. Not only, I mean, in Dance with Dragons, she's, it's, it's like she's an agent for Lady Stoneheart. Uh, we got, I mean, we get a very brief moment with her. And that's but it's happened. like she's an yeah. agent, like these people are. So how does that make you feel? Based on these newly renewed fresh feelings Brienne I can see like Brienne doing what Arya is doing in the House of Black and White where it's like she's going through the motions and doing what she's supposed to do but like deep down inside she's like Arya Stark don't you see like Brienne kind of doing the same thing that's perfect but how does Lady Stoneheart let well we don't know how Arya leaves Right, and we also don't know like what Lady Stoneheart does and doesn't know, and what she does and doesn't feel, and what she does and does not comprehend. You know, like how yeah, um, what's I'm giving her a full range. Yeah, uh, like sentient. Yeah, maybe, but this is different because, like, if we think about in the universe of A Song of Ice and Fire, there's levels of of inhabiting bodies. There's right, what right, there's, right. there's what Brand does. It seems like he's like fully autonomous in there, but is the thing that's also in there. Uh, uh, well, we know that it's still present, but isn't in control. No. So if she dies, how is her essence there? Was it saved in her body and then brought right. back? Or, or like when John is killed, uh, presumably he wargs mm-hmm. and is able, because we're shown that technology in an epilogue in this series. It's pointed. We understand that technology or we think we do to some degree. You know, there's we so see ma- the mechanics of it right. a little bit more. Yeah. There's so many questions. Yeah. So where does that come in with her and how? And maybe maybe let's say that maybe she's the the example of that that shadow of a life that's left. Like maybe maybe even a shadow is left. That you can't you don't have to go full Vermeer to to be resurrected or or not that maybe with whatever technology or whatever mechanic or whatever cool word that Beric Dondarrion did to her mouth and she came back that that is maybe like you can do it to any dead body maybe mm-hmm. and maybe that's why she's so like out of it and 
But I don't know how that would be. I mean, if the Lord of Light is the the, the key opponent to the Long Night, right? Fire, ice. They're my confused face trying to figure this out. They're they're reanimated corpse army soldier guys. Yeah, are they like all all like Lady Stoneheart? I don't think so. I think Lady or is she Stoneheart like a is White Walker version or just a total? Anom- is she her, like a Cold Hands? I think she's her own thing. Like Cold Hands, brother. He says that. <laughs> I think I think she's her own thing. Okay. I mean, maybe not 100%, but I think that she's something that we haven't necessarily seen before. Well, I've never seen anything like that before in life. Right. Sure. <laughs> um, but they're used to seeing people come back to life, though. Beric Dondarrion's come back to life Yeah, but not... Catelyn was dead for three days. Yeah, and her body doesn't have the same wiring. Like it, Her throat was cut off. Basically. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so it was cut to the bone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like Ugh. she, it's not like she, she, don't speak. she remembers. <laughs> yeah. It's not like she like was in a fight and got stabbed and then like came back to let, you know, let yeah, him. but he's been stabbed pretty crazily though. He definitely has. I'm but not trying to diminish that. It's I'm not trying a, yeah. to diminish that, but he wasn't also laying in the water for three days face down, you know, or however long she was in there before Nymeria slash Arya pulled her out. But I think she's, I think. Nymeria? No. What? No, I was trying to... <laughs> oh, okay. I, was like, I think I said Ryan. it right. And my mind was like... Yeah. Um, um, it's like that meme of that guy standing in front of the... The guy standing in front of the chalkboard or the board with his, like, crazed look in his eyes where he's, like, trying to explain Oh, yeah, something. yeah. It's from uh, Always Sunny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like in here right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just don't think that we know enough about, like how she came to be like is she somebody like i was saying at the beginning like what is her essence that's like drives her in her i don't know i think that changes her trajectory of like who she is so like red wedding 2.0 something like that i think is definitely gonna happen but like is that her only purpose of being back in the story you know there's still so much more to give from this well, story. I know, and especially, like, here's the thing. Me wow. reading Feast for Crows for the first time, it's like, oh, finally, we can get to something, like, that was actually going on at the beginning of the story. <laughs> or, like, getting through the end of Dance. It's like your first reread. It's like, oh, it's really going to come all back to the Starks after all. Like, mm, interesting. That is a really interesting thing. So. um, One also random, 100% off-topic tangent thought that I also had while we were reading that I wanted to bring up. Sure. That I needed to find the answer to them. At some point, Thoros talks about when men must live like rats beneath dark earth. They oh, yeah. Out of that. pity. Yeah. It made me think of Bran. Bran is like living in the dark in a tree by mm. himself. <laughs> and so this idea of like soon run out of pity, like, I don't know. It's just a question of is Bran unable to feel Ooh, that's a is, scary is he, uh, thing. Is he, like, is he like unable to empathize? And this is a different conversation for a different chapter as we kind of think about the choices that Bran is making. But is he losing his empathy by being, like he says here, living like rats beneath dark earth? So far removed from everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just something interesting to think about as we're thinking about the story as a whole and who isn't isn't alive and who isn't isn't fully there and who isn't isn't human. Well, then let's think about Bloodraven. 
the three eyed Raven, mm-hmm. how long has he been there and, and what is he capable of based mm-hmm. on that isolation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you lose about like somebody like Brienne, like the innate humanness that Brienne has and the decisions that she makes and the goodness that's in her because she is human, you know? Do you think that the goodness all goes away or it's still in there, but just like there's no time for it because we have to do this? Look at somebody like Sansa, who I think is still like innately good, you know? Who else is suffering like that right now? Like Lady Stoneheart? Like those people that we follow. Tyrion goes through a a pretty savage ordeal. Tyrion goes in a pretty dark place. Yeah. you could argue almost anybody, like yeah. Arya. You could argue for like suffering from her end. Who else is a character in a song of West Fire? <laughs> Can't hey, good question. Thanos <laughs> <Titles> Blackwood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my fave. <sighs> Boy, really makes you think, huh? It'd be like that sometimes. Really like that <laughs> oh, that—that's what it is. <laughs> Give me one of them blue questions. I gave you all the blue questions. Oh, did you? Yes, we talked about every single one. Oh, right on. Well, let's uh, go through. the Beside her road, Lord Rinley, Dick Crab, and Vargo Hope. Blood ran from Rinley's throat. The goat's tornier oozed pus. Where are we going, Bran asked. Where are you taking me? None of them would answer. How can they answer? All of them are dead. Did that mean she was dead as well? Lord Renly was ahead of her, her sweet, smiling king. He was leading her horse through the trees. Her sweet, smiling king. Brienne called out to tell him how much she loved him. I love you. <laughs> but when he turned to scowl at her, she saw that he was not Renly after all. Renly never scowled. He always had a smile for me, she thought. And then she uh, remembers when Renly was killed by the shadow of Stannis Baratheon. She's given a bunch of wine. Because her injury, yeah, her injuries are so bad that it's like drink these three cups of wine. Off. Yeah, what a savage dude! I'm glad that guy's gone. Same. She dreamt she was at Harrenhal down in the bear pit once again. This time it was Biter facing her, huge and bald and maggot white, with weeping sores upon his cheeks. Yeah, so gross. He sucks. Naked he came. This is just so savage and depraved. This is like him and other men like him, for sure. Naked he came, fondling his member, n- gnashing his filed teeth together. He just can't hold it together. Brienne fled, fled from him. My sword, she called. Oathkeeper, please. The watchers did not answer. Renly was there with Nimble Dick, cra- uh, Nimble Dick Crab. I'm adding in crab. It's just Nimble Dick. And Catelyn Stark. <laughs> I just like saying it. Shagwell, Pig, and Timian had come. And the corpses from the trees with their sunken cheeks, swollen tongues, and empty eye sockets. Brienne wailed in horror at the sight of them and bite her, grabbed her arm, and yanked her close and tore a chunk from her face. Why not? Jamie, she heard herself scream. Jamie. It's just, I thought it was so cool how she kept. There were so many things to think about, but eventually it went back to like what was a driving force in her life. Mm-hmm. was was Jamie yeah and another task mm-hmm. you know yeah Heil Hunt is going through the motions like he thinks he needs to go through to become a wealthy man someone that matters yeah. you know someone that can be regarded and depended on mm-hmm. and Podrick just doesn't want to disappoint anyone. He's sick of disappointing Podrick's people. Podrick's just out here doing his best. Yeah. Sick of disappointing people, <laughs> yeah. man. 
Such a letdown, Padre. Padraig is the last time we saw somebody like Lady, <laughs> Lady Stoneheart saw Padraig, he was Tyrion Lannisters, you know? Yeah. No, so it's it's all it's an ugly like, situation, dude. <laughs> but you see, here's the thing. Like, I'm all I'm over here thinking, like, well, Catelyn also knows that Tyrion's not such a bad dude, but also not really. It's just all so bad, man. Yeah, it's just I wonder how much Brienne has gotten to them. If she's now an agent, is it like how Reek was sent out, you know? Or is it like she's like how Gendry was and now she's like Gendry and part of the team? Yeah. I, I wonder know. which which one it is. Cuz if she's like Gendry, maybe she can maybe she can help Jamie. Yeah, maybe. I thought maybe you were going to say she was going to change Lady Stoneheart's mind. I think it's like we're talking about John dying with everybody at castle black and how maybe if john had said something different or explained something different or been something different he could have changed things if they'd only listened to him it's like no they had made their decision a long time ago i think it's a similar situation and like she made up her mind a long time ago about what she was gonna do and there's no talking i mean how do you talk back from the red wedding they weren't there yeah but lady stoneheart was there yeah Jamie was the last name she heard. Fuck. You know, like. So. Dude, that's savage. Yeah. What a what a great house of cards to set up. And oh, just, yeah, it George is. is like, tumble it down. <laughs> Look, dude, just taps it with his finger. Just taps it at the top. And, and literally you go, and they and the last word she heard was Jamie's. Yes. His regards. Yes. And like, that's the person that we need to save. Yeah. Or at least explain some things, even though he's like. Just like everyone, you know, not, not fantastic, not good. This is like, okay, you did a cool thing and you're handsome. You're not good. Right. That doesn't right. mean you're good right. because Nobody's we laugh at your jokes. It, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean you're good, but also no one is good. Right. And everyone is going to die. And right now we're talking about someone else controlling when that happens. And that should not be related to how good you are unless you're hurting other people. And Everything is just so fucked up right now. It's like, that's not how things are, though. Because no one's watching what we're doing when no one's watching anything. Yeah. Because every, no one's, everyone's just trying to figure this out. Yeah. That's weird. Do you think John will be like what Lady Stoneheart is? Mm-mm. I don't. I don't think so. I think that John, um, with his ability to warg, whether he spends some time in Ghost or not, I mm-hmm. think that his coming back will look like him still in a much more obvious way. So he won't be, uh, so there's the, the children in the forest. There are the white walkers. And obviously there's a lot of nuance to this, just like there was nuance in this chapter in George's writing of, of expressing such a very simple thing in such a really beautiful way. Uh, he's also going <clears> to, <throat> I think, show us, whether it's like a pantheon or whether it's like an expression of these supernatural powers and, and, and also a very sort of like recognizable, but smooth and new way. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be executed pretty, pretty well. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I might sound silly and I, I know a lot of people listening, like feel that way too and, and internalize that, but I'm just trying to express my thoughts in a really raw way. And it might sound silly, but um, I'm just thinking about the, the people that or the, the, the parties that can sort of relate to each other, the kinds of, uh, of otherworldly like groups that can relate to each other. Um, the Lord of light seems to be a kind of natural enemy to, to 
um, we'll call them the White Walkers, mm-hmm. the Long Night guys. I, it seems like everyone's trying to make the Long Night a thing. You know, <laughs> just say the Long Night. If you say the Long Night three times, it becomes a thing. Anyway, well, looking in the mirror. Yeah, don't do that, please. <laughs> it's the Long Night. That's the, not a good thing. Um, so it's, it seems like what we're seeing, you know, like on the deck of a ship shouting for the damn sky to do the, what I wanted yeah. to do is the natural enemy to the White Walkers is, um, p- potentially the team of Daenerys Targaryen or really trying to be their mascot, mm-hmm. which is weird because dragons are their mascot, bitch. They <laughs> <laughs> already got one. They got one. You know what I'm saying though? Mm-hmm. So is it like, is John related in some way to Lady okay. Stone? Like it, it, red eyes, blue eyes. I don't know. I don't know. It's back to that one note. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one it all note. comes back to the you one see, note. You I took. thought the one note was enough. I thought it was you enough. Were wrong. Usually, I take more, but um. it's just highlighting passages tonight in the one note. What That's do you think? Literally, so funny. <laughs> I think that the idea of Lady Stoneheart bringing John back to life is a very interesting one and one that I really like given their relationship and their history. I think that when John comes back to life that he will be not exactly like we've seen him on the show, but he will not be somebody like a Lady Stoneheart or he's not going to be somebody like a Melisandre who like has to like, <coughs> live in her who like has to live in like her glamour or something. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I think I think he's going to um be much because of his warging capability. I just feel like that that's going to keep a lot of his unless he ends up spending an insane amount of time in ghost or something or somebody else. Um I think that he's going to retain a lot of who he is. Okay, he comes back and like scratches himself behind the ears and everyone, yeah, you know everyone I mean? goes, "Oh, a little <laughs> bit more." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I mean, that could also just be me like looking at the way they portrayed in the show. But if we're supposed to have John and Daenerys eventually come together and rule. When you say come together, what do you mean? Come together in like, any sort of way. Physically? In any sort of way. Okay. I mean, even from just like an intellectual level. Like if they're supposed to meet together in any sort of way, then John has to be there. Right. You know? So not dead. Not, not dead. Not, not like cat. Yeah, you know. So I think he has to be like more present than we may be thinking somebody like Catelyn would be. So Right. I don't know. He's definitely gonna need an updated hairstyle. Does he though? Well I think <laughs> like if we're learning anything from from this conversation today that we've got a lot to expect from Wens and it's like more of the same but like continually on another level. So he, you bet your ass is gonna have to bring a new hairstyle for the mother. Gotta bring the game. Exactly. Yeah. So true. <laughs> Well, if she brings John back to life, then that means that he's retaining some kind of of quality of of or some kind of like some Roller is somehow involved in how he came back, or or, or whoever whatever they're accessing that they're calling Roller. Yes, yeah. Which yes. could just be the green side. This could be the yeah. same power of oh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a little bit of trickery. Like, we just hey. like don't know enough about yeah what that's going to look like. Wow. So. Wow. It's really exciting. I'm excited. I know that we were talking before this about like, oh, you said something along the lines of we don't need to do two chapters because we've got plenty of time because Winds of Winter isn't coming out tomorrow. Like, I know we have quite a bit of time, but I feel like we have to get through the next season, but I'm just like, you know, excited. What can I say? You want to do once? 
Owns. I do want to do owns. What did you pick for owns? I already have mine picked out. Do you have yours picked out? I will. Your one note. Scroll. <laughs> Please make that your own. <laughs> so poetic. Um, I'm going to give my own to when Brienne first comes into Stoneheart's presence and um, they are calling her the Kingslayer's whore. Says the Kingslayer's whore. She flinched. Why would you call me that? Mm-hmm. And the one-eyed man goes, if I had a silver stag for every time you said his name, I'd be as rich as your friends, the Lannisters. Oof. Which I thought was funny. That is cold. I don't have anything interesting to say about it, but that's my own. That's cold. It's just cold. I'm going to give my own to Lady Stoneheart for this moment. <laughs> She'd been sitting there like quiet. For so long. And this is how I knew that she was just on another level than me. She asked the name of the sword. Yeah. After she'd been quiet for so long. That's the first thing she says. She mm-hmm. goes, hey, what's what's the name of the sword? This Valyrian steel sword that I've never heard of. Right. She's Ned's wife for a long time. She's highborn. Maybe you don't care about learning stuff like this until you're 30. So that's Valyrian steel. If you care about swords, none at all. But we consume in a world where everyone uses swords as as common as everyone in our world uses phones. That even if you're going to assume that a woman that doesn't train with steel doesn't know about what their like legendary blades are, if you're someone that thinks that, you can think about how common it is that mm-hmm. they use swords. She knows about Valyrian steel. She knows about Ned's sword. She knows about every Valyrian steel sword that there is because it's just something that people talk about when they're bored, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Think about everything she's going through. Yes. She asked the name of the sword. Yes. And uh, uh, it goes like this. She asked the name of this blade of yours, said the young Northman in the sheepskin jerkin. Oathkeeper, Brienne answered. I'm sure very, very proudly, like she always does, yeah. <laughs> like a little bit a little bit pleased with herself. Yeah, yeah. The woman in gray hissed through her fingers. Her eyes were two red pits burning in shadows, in the shadows. So uh, she kind of like laughed. Like, yeah, like his or, or like, <laughs> <laughs> she spoke again. No, she says, call it Oathbreaker. She says it was made for treachery and murder. She says, name it false friend like you. Mm, that was cold too, right? Cold. That's t- that's like a deep cut for Brienne. Great chapter. Great chapter. So those are our owns. We recorded this. Very. <laughs> you see the the fucking like fear in your eyes. You're like, what are we gonna do now? <laughs> we didn't. So we didn't really give anybody time to send in their own. Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> We're really sorry. We wanted to record this chapter together, so we thought it made more sense. So if you have your own for. This Brienne chapter and the next chapter that we're going to be doing is the Cersei chapter that immediately follows. Mm -hmm. So if you want to send in your owns for both of those chapters, Mm -hmm. we can read them on the next episode. But we selfishly wanted to do this together. We did. So I hope you guys can (laughs) forgive us. We had like we had a small window to fit the recording in, but I definitely want to read what everyone thinks about this chapter. And I'm interested if a lot of you have renewed feelings about everything. Mm Mm-hmm. You can, yeah. you can email us, you can tweet us, you can, you can't do anything on Instagram, right? Like you can't talk to people and you tell them. You can send a message. 
You could send messages. Mm-hmm. So they could send us a message on yeah, there. If they about, <laughs> that would be interesting. Okay. So if, if you're on there and you're looking at like photos, why are you laughing? What I'm are the, laughing because like, you're so obsessed with Instagram that's been around for like. <laughs> I remember being on Instagram. Seven years. Yeah, but it's different now. <laughs> it's, like it's a whole different like, thing now. You see what the kids are doing these days? Anyway, <laughs> it, we're on that too. Everything is Game of Owns, and you can write us an email, contact at gameofowns.com. Thank you so much for listening to us. And Hannah's holding up a finger. She has something very important to we say. talk about. Oh, yeah. I've told you, we didn't talk about the top of the show either. We should record a, a thing for the front of the show where we talk about. Are you going to talk about t shirts? Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to talk about. It's nice. I don't have to wait beginning. for you to say it. You're just like, oh, I have <laughs> think <laughs> exactly I know what you're going to talk gonna about. Um, we can record something for the top of the show. We don't yeah. have to say it right now. We do both. Okay. Hey, if you want a t-shirt, we have t-shirts now, finally. They are on our website, and they are for sale at gameofowns.com slash shirts. Mm-hmm. They're so much fun. I We're super proud of them. So you guys should go check them out, whether it's a gift for the holidays or just something that you're really – amped up about the new season that's coming soon it'd be so much fun to have everybody in game of owns t-shirts as we get ready for the new season in the spring so go check them out wear your 2k19 shirts during yes during new year's and Exa- look really cool. <laughs> oh yeah that's exactly looks that's super a, cool such a good idea <laughs> yeah if you need a great new year's look um look no further oh, yeah, than gameofowns.com slash t-shirts wow who knew that we could offer new year's looks as well on I top of all it. of this crazy Lady Stoneheart conversation. I always knew it. What a crazy Honestly, thing. I love fashion and clothes. Okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> We're products of the modern world, everyone. I think this is episode 410. Yeah. Or 409. Four. Either way, that's a lot of episodes. And we just reached 50 episodes of Rewatch the Throne. Okay. And Hannah, you should tell everyone what milestone we've reached. You've officially... Oh, yeah. That's a very cool so thing. So on Rewatch the Throne, we reached the end of season five and i joined this podcast at the beginning of season six so we have officially talked about every episode of (laughs) game of thrones we also (laughs) made it through we also made it through season five that's true they're like equal (laughs) yeah so if you haven't if you haven't listened to rewatch the throne you can check that out on stitcher premium rewatch the throne.com so next week are we going to do two chapters are we going to do just I said we just do the Cersei chapter. Okay. So next time. Next time on the podcast. We're going to do Cersei 10 in A Feast for Crows. It's the chapter that immediately follows this one. So everybody get excited. This is another awesome, awesome chapter as we barrel towards the end of A Feast for Crows. So check that out. Send in your owns for both this chapter and that Cersei chapter. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.